Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. It is Thursday, September 8th. In this episode, we pour one out for the Queen and God Save the King. We review the first round of the Champions League. Look forward to this week's Premier League's fixtures if they're actually on. But first, Mike, Tommy Tuchel has been sacked. Graham Potter is in. This is bad for Spurs, no? Um... I mean, is is, is Grand Potter going to play central midfield for Chelsea? Hey, um, there might have been somebody. He actually might even be on this show who said a week ago, you know, Tuchel's not one of Bowley's guys, and there's nobody in between them, and he's kind of a dickhead, and there's a chance. I don't think it's going to happen yet, but there's a chance that seat's getting hot. Bam. He got subscribed. He's out of here. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't pick up that that was putting down. And I think in our preview, I, I sort of had Chelsea in the top four simply because it was a vote for Tuchel. I believed yeah. in him as a coach. He had done really well, especially in his first 50 games. There's been a, he actually managed Chelsea for exactly a hundred games. So you yep. get that nice 50, 50 split. And, and the big difference is nine minutes. It, the big difference is this latter half, the defense collapsed. I think part of that is Mendy stood on his head for at least 15 to 25 of those games. And he yeah, kind of fell back to year. earth. Yeah. And then I think Tuchel, and I didn't know this, and this is uh, a famous, uh, if you've ever read many years ago, there's a book called Fantasyland where a guy did a fantasy baseball draft and actually went and met all the players and did like two different types of research. One, one guy did all analytics and the other guy did all like soft power. And he did take into consideration guys getting divorced in a fantasy season and whether you should draft them. The famously, uh, um, uh, the big hurt, Frank Thomas, was on the no draft list because he was in the middle of a divorce and he had a bad season. Uh, so Tuchel was in the middle of a divorce last season. And apparently that spilled into the locker room, spilled into the way his demeanor was. And so there's a lot of reasons for Tuchel sort of blowing it. He, he, I think he's just very German. And I can imagine Burley these American hedge fundy guys just not get jiving with a very German six foot five straight shooting Tuchel. I could just see it not working and just him being like, you know what? You're a dick. He's yeah. He's an, uh, Chelsea is an asset to Todd Bowley. It's an asset he cares about very much, but let's be very clear. Right. And by the way, to the divorce point, if you count Roman, that's two divorces that he was dealing with. Um, yeah, that's also but, the bigger one. Yeah, that was a much bigger one. But because uh, that had direct a direct impact on performance towards the end of the year. But you know, you look at how um, there were some backroom things going on. The more comes out about it, but I mean, you just look at the Conte thing. You look at well, the results on the field. Everything was going sour very fast for Tuchel and Chelsea. And you know, a lot of this falls on Bowley. And and it part of a, I, I I have to assume it was a self fulfilling prophecy for him because. You have an instance where you fire everybody between you and him, as I mentioned. You get rid of Marina. You get rid. And by the way, there are varying degrees of um, of opinion on Marina on a bunch of the, the folks that he let go. Ignoring that for a second, there's nobody there. He really want like they disagreed three or four times on a number of players. He didn't want Kunde. He did want Delict, and he was like, "Stop pussyfooting around. You're going to lose them." And they started offering players and back and forth and this and that. And all of a sudden, Byron swoops in. So there was a lot of tension going into the season, as I was reading earlier today, um, just as a function of 
not being on the same page, but not having a director of football, not having anybody who's supposed to do that part of the job, right? Like the manager should be in the room and heavily consulted for transfers, but nope, he shouldn't nope, be nope. the guy who's – They were who's really riding bareback with each other. No condom. That's, <laughs> yes, exactly right. And so They were really in there with each other. It, so was, it, was, at it no, was a at, real at, break back mountain kind of moment between yeah, those two. <laughs> at, at no cost spared, he wanted Rafinha. He didn't get Rafinha. And that wasn't, by the way, not Bowie's fault. He's, he had an agreement with Leeds. I think Barca got him for less, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was like four or five instances. We talked about it a lot in the in the, in the the preview shows and leading into the season. They didn't get the guys he wanted. Uh, and, and look, he's – let's say that – ignore Chelsea for a second. Let's say that this is Conte and Levy. And Paratici's in the middle, so that's fine. But they don't go out. They don't get Basuma. They don't, you know, they don't get. Yeah, it would be bad. They, they wanted Kunde. They didn't get Kunde, right? So, how many times have you heard this story about Conte now, right? Two, three times. So it was the same exact thing. It was just Tuchel and Chelsea instead of Conte and Spurs. Yeah, and and I think the other thing is there seemed to be like a Tuchel seemed to not want to do the work involved with recruiting or or making the pitches. Like he had to make decks and yeah. and explain his reasoning. He's like, I want to coach. I'm not giving you the stats on yeah. this guy. I don't need to prove it to you. What the, like, but I mean, and, I'm sure these guys are all data guys and all this stuff, whatever the case is, it's completely weird to do. You did a whole transfer window with the guy, bring in yeah. Aubameyang and fire him. I that think is it just, really was. It's, it's, it's from the outside looking in, it looks completely insane. I think Bowley was really, like I said, he was pissed off about a few things. And going, he's not his guy. He's looking for a reason, right? And so, um, he, uh, you're right. I don't know why he waited, you know, a month into the season, five games I think or so. It's clearly an emotional reaction. It is not a well thought out plan. There's no way. It can't be. He also, he's at the games. He's watching them. He of sees, course, of course. He sees Brighton. He of sees course. Brighton. And he goes... Man, someone's going to snap him up. I didn't want Grand Potter to go to Chelsea for two reasons. I fucking hate Chelsea. And I love Grand Potter, right? Like I, Yeah, I'm I think this is waiting. this is the I, I had a I had an idea if we re, if we make a video and rename it, how this is the worst thing that could have happened to Spurs because Potter is the guy who should have been Spurs manager. <laughs> yes. Yes. And 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 right? look, it's, by it's the way, all lined up like philosophically, all of it yes. felt very Chelsea and he was not gonna fight with levy and he would have taken what was given it was the right guy in the right place and he just now he's at chelsea where granted the culture is expected to change but this particular action is in line with institutional chelsea well okay so two things uh a that means that he will definitely be spurs manager one day like avb like Mourinho, like conte um but you know the other thing is that he said no in I the know. new no era he said flat no daniel levy i don't want to deal with your bullshit because you know what he does he goes out and he goes i know we're like you said in the last few shows we're gonna get casado we're gonna get you know different players to come in because we're gonna have to sell cucarella we don't want to we're gonna have to sell basuma we don't want to but we're going to and and he reloads before that and he would not have gone on with Levy and he knew that. So yeah, I, I, I think so. So we have two things, right? We have the Tuchel thing. That's a drama that happened. That is insane in and of itself. The hiring of, of, of Potter happens really fast. And what does that mean for Chelsea? 
I think it's undersold. And this is like my moment. This is my crowning moment. I've been scouting Graham Potter since Ulstersons, since Europa League against Arsenal. It's probably some episode in the archives of of, of seven feeds ago <laughs> where I talk about this guy. I'm like, I was fascinated by him. I learned about the Ostersund story. He brought them up from four levels, got them into the Europa League, and a win at the Emirates puts him on the map. He has a master's degree in freaking leadership in sports. So he's a completely like the English. He is not a traditional football man, but he is a football guy. He went to Europe, which is weird for English coaches. They just don't do it. They're yeah. like, well, I don't. I need a better job. He goes, he goes to Swansea in a team that was getting gutted after the Bob Bradley American takeover, where that team was slated to go down. He puts them in tenth. He has a famous game against City. I talked about that FA Cup game with with Selena and Aguero scoring two goals in the final ten minutes. Would have been a legendary win, but he was close. He gets poached. Swansea fans hate him forever. They're like, "Fuck you! What goes around comes around, Brighton. You stole our goddamn coach." <laughs> Yeah. Because they would have gone up probably had they had him another year. So mm-hmm. now he's at Brighton. He transforms Brighton so fast that it's 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 actually the Athletic covered it. There's no transition period. They go from long ball defense to possession attacking in an instant. Now, whether he can do that with Tuchel or whatever, I mean, it's more similar to what Tuchel did with what what Tuchel did with Chelsea when he. Takes over from Lampard. They're giving up goals. They can't do anything. Tuchel is like, you have Rudiger. Let's put that guy here. He's really good. All of a sudden, they have those 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 draws, and then they go forward on a defensive platform and end up winning uh, the, the the Champions League. But Potter can do that. I, I don't doubt. Like to me, I don't doubt that he's going to transform Chelsea. What I worry about, and this is the 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 big if with Chelsea is. Is that locker room still have the institutional DNA that comes from Terry Butcher through to frickin' uh, Dennis Wise, through to, to John Terry, through to Lampard? That through line of tough, defensive, hard-nosed, we do it our way, we're Chelsea in the locker room. I don't know if that's carried on. Is, is Aspilicueta carrying that on from, from that? And do they, own, do they control the locker room still? And it sounds like, even with this Tuchel firing, they went around to Bowley and complained about Tuchel being weird and an asshole. So that's still there. That's the one risk that I see with that. Where is the the, the Potter Bowley connection going to be strong enough to stop institutional leaky sort of players empowered locker room of Chelsea? That's the only risk that I see, and uh, the lack of structure within the club, like. Is Potter going to yeah. want to really be involved with sort of these higher level things? I don't know. So the lack of structure is the main thing that scares me a little bit if I were to yeah. not despise Chelsea. But I think he has the power that has now been vested in him by Todd Bowley. He got a five-year deal. To say, Yeah, to say, oh, by the way, they were, they were negotiating a contract with Tuchel, which is the best part about this. It would have cost yeah, him almost well, $20 million. Oh, damn it. That would have been better. But, but uh, he is now, if Aspilicueta – or or Sterling or whoever goes around, he gets to turn back around to Bully and go, do you trust me? You hired me for five years. Do you trust me? Okay, well, guess what? This next part's going to hurt a little bit. And he's going to turn back around and go, hey, Cesar, thank you for your service. Get the fuck off the team. Go, go train with the U23s. He's going to do 
exactly what we said Ten Hag needed to do at Ronaldo, uh, at, with Ronaldo at United. He is not going to have any shackles whatsoever. And those, it's going to be the trains leaving the station. Get on or get out of the way because we're running you over. But and they you know do what? need He's results. That's another thing. The, the re- Actually, I think they can. Get, he can get away with okay results. Yeah. If the style of play is clear that they're yeah. doing something. No, I agree. I agree. And, and, and I don't think that they have, you know, a particularly easy run in uh, for the next month or so, um, you know, assuming, and we'll get to this as well later in the show, assuming their game at Fulham is, uh, is suspended because of the queen. Then they go, you know, they're home, they're, they're back home. So they're uh, RB Salzburg next week in the champions league, um, which, Oh, by the way, they're in last place, the champions league group right now. Um, they're they're at home again to Liverpool. They stay in London, Crystal Palace, uh, after the break. So that's the other thing is that like you've got a week now, ten days really, uh, until you've got a break, and that's where you can really start to bed guys in, right, and really start to get buy in and understand this is who this is going to be running this this show now, right? So yeah. Now, now we'll I will say one good thing is Potter does get his whole staff, all of it. They all come with him. Okay, and that does include his own personal transfer guy, who was the assistant to the director of football at Brighton, who then goes, "Oh, you're doing these deals. These are the guys that we like that I know work with with um, with, with our your guy. style, but right." So he has his own personal guy who like works within it. So they just need to get that. So there is some structure in place. Well, yeah, uh, there. So I well, do no, like that's it. Good. I mean, yeah, that's good I, because I, what did Bowley want more than that? He doesn't know who the fuck to hire. It reminds me, I'm going to go watch the next episode of Wrexham in a little bit. You caught me early today. But <laughs> but that was like Rob and Ryan were like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We have to get somebody who does. Yeah, And yeah. we can back off a little bit. But yeah. so it reminds me similarly of that. Where, where yeah. if, I mean, from Potter's position, he goes, no, no, no. I'm going to dictate to you what I want. You're up Shit's Creek. You just fired your coach after game six. I, I don't I, – I, I, he doesn't strike me as that guy. Everything about him has been a very conciliatory modern. He's not like a uh, – not. What, he, I'm not saying he's pointing the finger oh, okay. in his face. What I'm yeah. saying is I want – and it reminds me of what Pochettino did with Jesus Perez and, and a couple of his backroom staff where he's like, I want my guys. If you want, if you want me, you want them too or none of us are coming. And, and that's coming, you know what I mean? So he's yeah. not like, oh, fuck you. This is what I want. It's like, no, yeah, no, yeah, we're yeah. all coming and you're going to be better off for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, but I, I just want to make sure it's not like this dictatorial. I mean, and Potter no, no, is not, no. Potter is not like, doesn't come off in interviews as some know-it-all. He's very conciliatory and chill and whatever. I think it's good for the league. It's exciting. It's some, it's a storyline we're going to follow. We're going to see what happens with Chelsea. Everything's going to change really fast. I think what's funny about the, the Brighton narrative is just like how little, like it always seems like people think that this is new when, when Potter has been awesome the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, if only right? there like, were a podcast that we're talking about him for the last Yeah. I mean, years. it's been me. Uh, so we've got that. We've covered that. I do want to get into the champions league scores. Give yeah, me the cue, it. brother. Go for it. All right. Off this, Danabro Zgreb won Chelsea nil. That's when we got the trigger for the firing. Uh, we warned you about Zagreb, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Dortmund three, t- Copenhagen nil. Dortmund firing Gio Reyna, America's yeah, number one midfielder good. with two assists, comes off the bench. Benfica versus Maccabi. I don't even know who Maccabi high fire are. Who cares? There is a team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they get to be part of Europe. City 
destroy Sevilla. Sevilla are, have not won anything, but they made it to the Champions League. They're terrible. Holland with two really fun game. Another look from City. We play our brand new uh, central defender that no one remembers. Red Bull Salzburg, tough Red Bull Salzburg. Had a 1-1 draw at Milan. Okay. C- Celtic, do okay versus uh, Real Madrid. The atmosphere is incredible, but Real are better than you. <laughs> they hung uh, in there for a while, yeah. Yeah, they really did. And then Modric with the with the classic... <sighs> The outside oh. of the boot thing that he does makes him feel like he has two left feet because he can play his right as a left foot. It's bizarre. Uh, plus, he has his actual left foot. Then the world's darling, Shakhtar Donetsk, whose stadium and country has been invaded, beat RB Leipzig. They're always good, RB uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. They have good institutional things. PSG, Juve, the first half of this, PSG completely destroy Juve. Juve well, are not Mbappe the class did. of that level. Mbappe with two, well, yeah, two incredible goals. Then one, one note on this because we're not yes. going to talk a lot about it. Weston McKinney, similar, uh, similar to Gio Reyna, comes nice on, goal. nice gets, goal, gets a goal, changes the game. Uh, yeah. Quint Dempsey talked about it on the broadcast, but basically PSG were running rampant. They were, and Juve was afraid, which is crazy to sound, crazy to say out loud. But but Weston McKinney came on and got back in their face, changed the game. He's, they almost got an equalizer. He's such a Premier League player. He needs to get out of Italy. He'll yeah. play so well. Like if they could get him to Leeds and play with Adams, that would oh. be amazing. Anyway, Ajax completely annihilate Rangers. It was laughable. Was I felt bad. bad for Rangers. <laughs> they were so bad. Sporting defeat Eintracht Frankfurt and our friend Utbar. Eintracht, their first time in Europe. Very exciting for them. Bayern dominate Inter. It's not close. Uh, Leroy Sané, former City, fantastic in this game. Uh, Sané... If he's unlocked, he has potential to be one of the greats in the league. Only Still only 23 years old. Uh, Barcelona, five. Victoria, please. And I don't even know what we're going to talk about. The only reason to talk about this is Lewandowski scores a hat trick. He's incredible. He's the first player to ever have a hat trick for three different teams. Wow. Then we're going to go on to this game next. But Napoli, four. Liverpool, one. Holy shit. Liverpool were awful. Could have been five or six or seven. We'll really, go really into bad. this later. Yeah. Atletico 2, Porto 1. Game of the week. All the goals were scored in the last five minutes of extra time. Game of the week. Wow. Well, the last 10 minutes were the game of the week. Then your beloved Tottenham get off the schneid. Tough game for Marseille, but Tottenham have been grinding, winning games, winning them ugly, controlling without the ball. Uh, Richie gets his two goals, cries with his parents. Really cool moment. Then Club Bruges and Leverkusen making up the numbers. I don't even know who was on these teams. Goodbye, Leverkusen. Hello, Club Bruges. Let us go to our our specific Premier League friends. We start with Napoli, Liverpool. Oh, wow. <laughs> so just from the off, uh, Victor Oshiman, or however you say his last name, um, really, really at it. But the thing in the, I noticed, in the first forty-five seconds, almost scores yep, a goal. Hits almost scores a goal. Hits the post. Um, but so the thing I noticed when they played United, and I didn't say anything about it, but I mean, we we batter Trent Alexander Arnold enough. We'll but it's that. it's not it's no longer just he's bad positionally or he's too far upfield or he doesn't they're read runs. They're all they're attacking him in the last third of the field, and it's not even that he doesn't pick up a player. Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was the Bruno Fernandez goal for United, where basically. There. They play him in. He's it, it's um it's like the controller disconnected and he's just standing there. He just stands it's, there. It's incredible. It happened twice, twice against Napoli, and you gotta wonder like how is Jurgen Klopp not ripping his head off? Like I don't know how that works. <laughs> that part is still uh, foreign to me. Yeah. I I do want to get this guy's name right because there was one player for Napoli that blew my mind, and his name is. Karashvili, yeah. the the Georgian. 
He was really good. Oh, yeah. He was terrorizing. Joe Gomez was so bad in the first half. He kept on trying to play this offside line, kept on moving forward when no one else was moving, kept on getting in trouble, kept on getting get around. He just was completely out of sync with Van Dyke. And he got yanked. <laughs> That's how a central defender getting yanked in a game, which was actually for his own good because he was that bad. He has uh, been good this year, but I mean, it's, it's just a really bad night for him. And Van Dyke um, was bad too. Van Dyke freaking smashes Olsenham's foot on a VAR check. That's yep. two penalties in the last seven games. He hadn't gotten two penalties called on him in 150 oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. The whole team is completely disjointed. The The press doesn't come. They, you know what they look like? If you recall this game, I'm going to bring it up for you. Uh, the last game of Alex Village boyas High line, no press. City score five. Aguero with four goals. It was your. I first... remember. <laughs> but remember, we talked about it then. It's like you cannot have a high line if you don't press the ball because you yeah. just wait and the guy looks up. It's like, oh, now there you go. And yeah. that's what was happening to Liverpool over and over and over again. It yeah. was absolutely incredible. Uh, and I don't know where Liverpool go. I think Klopp said in his interview. He'd never seen his team be this disjointed and with that much space. I think, and I tried to watch it back, and I did sort of notice they're not compact. The lines are really wide apart. There's a lot of gaps. They're not getting special performances from their big players. They really lived on Van Dyke being being incredible and Salah. superhuman, and Salah being superhuman. And they're just okay now without someone stepping up. I think last year, a lot of times, Matip was really, really good and saved Liverpool or Allison would get a key save in a moment. And I had been saying it. We, we, you know, we watched Liverpool down the stretch last year. They had 92 points. It's not, but they would get lucky. Like, sure. Like no, Allison would just save their ass with a save. And yeah. he's not getting that extra. He's not, he's not saving them. He's not, well, you always these are say, tougher right? chances, but you know what I mean? Like he, they're not getting the luck. Before we, yeah, before we get into, you know, what specifically, because I have a couple thoughts on, on, on Liverpool right now, you know, even down the stretch, the game against Spurs at Anfield, where they do get a bounce, but um, it ends up being a 1-1 draw, and that ends up being the game pretty much that seals the league for City. Mm. Um, but it, it's there's not a whole lot of, of cohesion where Jota was really great early on when Salah wasn't really, right? And so he's been kind of hurt and all that stuff. Yeah, they're but missing a lot of guys. There's no doubt about that. But it's that extra 10%. Right. You always say like you can get like Spurs are are as good as that end of Liverpool season last year. I'm not saying that they were Liverpool. I'm saying the last 10 weeks, let's say, yeah. whatever, give or take. But to be a challenger to the Liverpools, to the cities, to whoever, historically, there's that extra five to 10 percent that you really this is why you were making fun of me in the last show about Conte saying three and four chance wins away. That's the amount of difference. Right, one good player per window for three windows. That's the difference. And yeah, we talked about they, it until we blew in the face and, last and, year. Liverpool's and, you know, best they, eleven was as good as anybody, but Liver, but but City's one through eighteen was as good, and their twelve to eighteen was holy shit better than Liverpool's. Yeah, so, and that's uh, that's the sort of thing that I might think about. I've been writing a lot on Reddit, uh, just sort of trying to sort of put the name of the the band out and talk about things. And I sort of made a thread about you know I think that I think. It's really hard for Liverpool to go again. You have two out of four seasons where you almost win the league, where had City not existed, they would be two, three-time champions. 
They would be considered one of the great teams of all time with a Champions League. But last year, they were going for a quadruple. They win two of them, but they lose the league in the, the last day. Yeah. And then they lose the Champions League to, to, to Real Madrid. There, there has to be a hangover. There has to be a like, what the fuck? And a lot of those guys, it's, you know, with City, I, I said this term and a guy got upset at me. I said they're robotic and they're controlled. But they're robotic in that the system looks the same no matter who the players. They come out, they come in. They move in, they move out. It doesn't matter. The patterns are the same. You know how City are going to play. Bing, boom, bam, boom. Infield. Liverpool's a little different now. No, but I mean, it is, <laughs> but they're trying to work it in. Yeah. But with Liverpool, it lives on the personality of the players, right? It is, it's a team that runs on emotion rather than precision, rather than technocratic. It's, I think it's both. It's, it's organic. But you know what I mean? Both. Like, it yeah. reflects yeah, no, no, the no, managers, right? Like, Pep is a bureaucrat. Pep is, he has passion, but it's passion for perfection, right? Whereas Klopp is like passion for, you know, he's more of a football coach, more of a Lombardi where we run the fucking power sweep 47 times and you do it because you love it, right? He's, Not he's Here you go. He's a nuclear physicist, yeah. right? And Klopp is Robin Williams in like Dead Poets Society. Right? Exactly like, that. Like that's, well, one's that's an English teacher, one's a math teacher. But yes, incredible yes. at both. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. They're both phenomenal. It's just the, right. the differences in philosophy are absolutely night and day, which has made it so compelling why they've been neck and neck for the last five yeah. plus years now, right? Yeah, and, and, um, I, and I think that they have to... I don't. I have all the faith in Liverpool that they'll they'll get Jota back. He'll bring new energy. Nunez will start to work. It'll work. They'll get one of their midfielders to start working. But the thing is, is with the with the margins, it's literally a foot off. Like there was a play that Henderson missed that they showed a highlight of, where he would have normally cut it out, but he was a foot off. It was in the the, the United game, and yes. he swings a boot at it and he shanks it. Has mm-hmm. is if he's a foot closer. He just clips it and he fires it away. But they're literally just a foot off from where they're supposed to be. And then their spacing is all wrong. And I, I think Klopp will get there, but you never know. You never know. I just, I'm surprised at how quickly it's sort of collapsing. If it is indeed collapsing, they could, they, they, I think if, I think top four is now maybe a struggle for them. No, I don't think that. I don't think that, that is. Although with Chelsea's supposed or expected resurgence, it might be. But it look, might, but it's going to take time. There's no way Chelsea. Here's the problem that we're 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 galaxy branding this, and none of the things we're saying is are, are that far off at all. But you have 38 year old James Milner, and you have Harvey Elliott in your midfield three. You <laughs> yeah. don't. That's not a formula that wins. So when Arthur gets involved, when Tiago, if Tiago can stay on the field, it's a different story. And you know what? You have to actually discount that at this point. You can't. You but, can't but plan the, for Tiago to be there. They're at this point. If they lose Fabinho, their season's over. They're screwed. It's like when they lost Van Dyke. But um, well, I they just, lost all six of their defenders. That no, time. I know that was that was bad. <laughs> Bad. And they still made uh, the top four, which is fucking yeah. incredible. Well, it was a rough, <laughs> it was a rough league that year. But but no, that's the idea, right? Is that if you bring in Arthur, you and you have you can rotate in Tiago to try and preserve him, right? As long as it's not Milner and Elliott starting at a hostile environment, which by the way, they've never Napoli won. might Napoli might win Serie A. <laughs> they might. They're they really good. And this league is shit this year. Right, yeah. Inter won the league last year, and they're. Uh, I'm sorry, Milan won the league last year, and they're terrible. Inter, I looked, is mid table. They just got their doors blown off by Bayern. The, Serie A is wide open. Salernitana, yeah, now's your time. It's a good, it's a good league. It's a good league. I wish I could get more into it. 
uh, just to pick a team and find a way forward. I would you pick have a Napoli. Team. You have a I team. Just <laughs> alert it done. My boys. Okay, um, so so we, we've got we've got Liverpool. We've really covered it. They they I believe I mean we can probably try and touch the schedules as we're going through it just to get a sense if the games are played. Because the queen died, apparently. I don't, God save we're the waiting queen, on God save the we're, king. It's, a, it's an impending announcement that it's not going to be. By the time this show comes out and you guys are listening to it, I don't even want to pretend that the games are going to be played, which is upsetting because there was an El Dushico on the schedule for a 12.30 start Eastern time, <laughs> which would have been awesome because there's not that many good 12 o'clock college football games. It would have been perfect. And then um, Liverpool were playing Wolves, which – they shouldn't really worry, but hey, they I'll did get now. Diego Costa. That did get clear. Yeah, yeah. They can. Although let's, Wolves are, let's, Wolves let's are weirdly tough. Champions League, though, because yeah, we'll um, stay in the Champions League. Um, we have to we have to circle back to uh, Zagreb, okay? Because this was just it, it was, was boring, it was terrible, weird. Well, all right, we knew it was going to be a death march, right, for Chelsea. <laughs> we knew that it was going to be this this brutal taste of their own Mourinho-ish medicine, but on the road in an incredibly hostile environment. And um, that Zagreb came out and punched him in the face. And I went, whoa. I told Anybody you. Was expecting that. <laughs> no, no. I knew – I was expecting a nil-nil draw, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. um, given – just given with Chelsea's um, uh, goal problems God, and the, all, the, all the things. So the environment. Bad. But, I mean, 70% uh, possession, three shots on target? Really? They're just awful. Really? Yeah, um, they're awful. I just, I there's nothing inspiring about this group. But he starts Aubameyang, who we said is not going to make things better, nope, um, because there's Kovacic, no one to give him the ball. Kovacic, okay. Uh, I think Mount led the team in shots, which is always a problem. Sterling and Havertz on the wing. Look, if you had a real striker and you actually had Aubameyang and and Sterling doing runs with a with the guy, I don't know if you had a like a Romelu Lukaku lying around or something. But if you had a ten. And then that's your front three. That's as good as Liverpool. That's as good as City. That's as good as Spurs. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I think one of the other things is that this team has, for years, and it's this, a, this sort of tiny elephant in the room, has years only been good when Conte plays. And when he doesn't play, they're not good. Mm-hmm. And he it's a has, similar problem to Liverpool. And he, and he has played and played and played and played, and now he's just getting injured. He's only good for about <sighs> where he used to be good for like 3,000 minutes. He's now good for about two and a half thousand, maybe even two thousand. I'm gonna he sound like a son of a bitch. He's incredible when he plays. The team completely changes. I'm gonna sound like a prick, but like the big win of that Tottenham Chelsea draw was not the so much that that t- Chelsea draw points that we took Conte's <laughs> hamstring with us. Back it to really went bad. It went pop. Yeah, and and I'm yeah. not I'm not you know, no, but like but but for real, once we knew he was gonna be out for six to eight weeks, I was like, see you, Chelsea. We're gonna be ten <laughs> points clear, you pricks. Like no chance. Yeah, and, and it, so it's a lot of the same problems as as Liverpool realistically, right? Because you have your Trent Alexander Arnold and your and your Andy Robertson. You've got Chilwell and or Cucurella and Reese James, who Reese James was playing the back the right on a back three while while um uh, was it Aspilicueta? Uh who was on I the think right? Asp- Aspilicueta played in the back with Koulibaly. Right, but what I'm saying was and he Fofana. was playing in the back. He was not being a wing back. But now what I said was, you know, he should – with Fofana, he should be able to – who, by the way, was playing central, which I've never really – I didn't see that much of him. It was Koulibaly, Fofana, Aspilicueta, no, Chilwell, and Reese James. But in the, the point in I'm the making wing. is that Chilwell and James, similar to Trent and Andy, they don't give a shit about their own end, right? They're like – James actually does to an extent. But like – but they're so much more attacking yeah, they're wingers. Players. So, okay. Well, if you've got those guys going like this, 
You've got Kovacic kind of just standing there, Mount getting forward. How the fuck do you not expect to get hit back on the break? Well, they right? got hit on got... the break because Koulibaly just jumps in, and then it's in a foot right. race. And I thought Fofana was supposed to be the speed in that back three, and, and he, loses a foot, he loses a foot race, gets stiff-armed when a guy who has the ball at his feet. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, <they're awesome. laughs> the the stiff-arm. And then the finish was incredible. There was another shot that, that to be fair, uh, uh, Kepa saves in the second half, but they didn't create anything. And Chelsea no. are just bad, and they got they Tuchel got canned because mm-hmm. this not because of this game, but because of the last twenty games. Well, yeah, and this was just the straw, like the final straw, right? And and I think the like I said in the top, you know, I think the Conte thing was part of it. I think the uh, the backroom uh, disagreements, I I'll say, so. about transfers was a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean that you know that is what it is. I don't know what there is to say about City other than Holland, Holland, Holland again. Um, <laughs> Well, Holland yeah. now has 25 goals in 20 Champions League games yeah. all time. He scores two. Foden with a really classy finish. I think the other piece for this game was um, Grealish played and is still just not. This might be the 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 white whale that City just eat this this contract. I mean, I don't know when that hundred million dollars is going to come back. I don't know. You know, the, the the amazing thing about City is that City can eat it and just be like, I guess we just blew a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting so, to see him and De Bruyne start at the same time though and and not I, the thing is City really... can play any threes that's the no, thing they I have know. so many good players I like I love when Silva comes and plays deep when he can be more defensive and industrious he just kicks people in the face he's mm-hmm. just all over the place grabbing the ball but to be fair Sevilla are terrible they're really yeah. really bad <laughs> and so this was not really a test they had six shots one on target I mean it was really it was really easy sailing for City, not a problem. We would have been sort of in line to play you guys, which would have been a scary game that I'd be worried about. Oh, um, it would have been a lot of fun because <laughs> the, the all the money in the world, and if the game does still happen, Sonny to get his first goal. Um, <laughs> well, but, it would uh, be it would be completely appropriate uh, yeah, yeah. against City for him to score a goal. Sure, he, that's he it's all the narrative is sitting there, and he's he's had bad uh, puck luck, as they say in hockey. So uh, he's and he's been Jones and one. Tell me about this Spurs game because I didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Uh, it was very disjointed first half. Uh, Marseille looked the the more uh, effective team. Um, Kane was the only one. Uh, the only forward who registered a shot, I believe, in the first half. Um, and then uh, two minutes into the second half, I forget who plays the man. I think it was Benzincure, uh plays in Sonny, and it's a foot race. And uh, Mangulu misses, and he swings, and he just takes out Sonny. Straight red, he's out. And it changes the game completely, right? Yeah. Um, to be clear, Sonny almost guarantee is going to put that home if he doesn't take him out. So take that what for what will. What I understand is why Dimitri Payet didn't play in this game. Uh, well, I'm actually not sure of that, but also Alexis Sanchez was suspended uh, from the game oh from the previous Liverpool. team, which yeah. is weird. Which I, I didn't realize that. until the lineup came out. To, yeah. Well, not even. Well, until, you guys. Well, first... I mean, this is this. It's starting to. Well, Longley. How was Longley playing? Uh, he I mean, was, he was, he's, he's, he's better than Davies. He has to. Be. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it, right? Like, I feel so much more confident in there. He's a ball playing center back, right? So right. Davies is just yeah, like yeah. His weakness is his defending. Which as yeah. a center back, that's not that bad. But Davies was no was no winner either. Right. It's not like we're losing Ledley King out of the lineup, right? And so right. Um, I thought Emerson was okay. I, I hesitate to say that, but he's uh, getting better, huh? 
Yeah. Well, he has flashes, right? And um, he works. I, I still don't he's got, think he's got industry. I mean, why? And Darty made a cameo at the end, but I, I, I don't understand why you don't rotate him and Darty. But that's uh, whatever. But then you've got Perisic Sessignon, looks, and you got has, so Perisic good. looks so good. And yeah, Sessignon and Perisic kind of coming in. Um, uh, it was an interesting all. sub. Uh, taking off Emerson. Obviously, you're up a man, right? Uh, let me see when he came off. Can you give me the information without fucking making me go to all these things? It was like the 60th, 65th minute. He takes off Emerson and brings on um, uh, Dayan Kulusevsky. So he has all four of his guys, uh, Richarlison, Sonny, Kane, and now Kulu, all on the field at the same time. Uh, and, and it ended up really opening up the field. Uh, Richarlison is left wide open for two beautiful headers late on. Uh, and he goes to celebrate with Rashard the mom and Rashard son and Rashard dad uh, in the first row there after the game. So that was good. Uh, very nice. Um, a lot of tears. Very cool. A lot of tears. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, so, look, we, so, so England holds serve mostly. Well, it's half and half. Yeah. And half of us. Half the teams do. And so we see our, our friends move on and move through. And we've got, oh, you know, the know, by the way, is long. And you can one come more back quick from note. these things, right? If you remember Spurs lost their first two one time and, and came Three. through. Uh, well, yeah, that was 2019. I actually told my buddy who's a Chelsea fan, I told him, hey, don't worry about it. We didn't get a point from our three first Champions League matches and we made it to the final. Um, so there's that to look at. But, um, oh, by the way, quick note on Europa League. Arsenal looked okay. They got a 2-1 win. Real Sociedad, one. <laughs> Manchester United, zero. There was a hey. terrible call in that game. And I it mean was. – Bad. <laughs> hey, 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 Laurent, um, ask me who started in the number nine position for uh, Manchester United today. Ronaldo. It was Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And I said, I was like, he's not going to be happy playing uh, in a Europa League game. He, he, you know, he worked, you know what? He he got into good spaces. They did give him service. He, he was rusty. He had a yeah. couple touches that went right off his foot, a couple shots that went bad. Like he just, he's off. And I and the other thing was he had some, he had some moments where he was one-on-one. And the guy just guys just caught him, and you're just like, oh, he's he's really like a not, not a foot short. He's a yard short, right? He yeah. does, he can't get past people, uh, and it is it's it's tough to see. Especially Erickson was there; they weren't really marking that much. Um, the one thing I did watch the first half of that game, I just I just kept my eyes on that number twenty one for Real Sociedad, and just I just beamed as David Silva. Moved around in number 10. Just reminded me of old times. Yeah. Balls fired into him. He'd take him on his right foot. You'd be like, you don't use your left much. Oh, that's why. You have the greatest right foot of anyone ever. And uh, he did draw He did draw the controversial penalty. It was bad. I mean, uh, Martinez runs out full speed to block the shot. It hits him in the leg, then the hand, and they call the penalty. That should yeah. never be a penalty, even if it was directly to his hand. I don't – they have to sort that out. That's just – that's just stupid. I mean, and 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 at that point, you know, United lose. So, I mean, I think the highs that they've been on, now they come back down to earth and go, okay, we really don't have depth. We really can't play Ronaldo yet. Uh, there was some interesting, they played Fred in a more like number 10 role, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they did play uh, Lindloff and Maguire, but they didn't do anything wrong. They were fine. Uh, Malicia did play. And Dallow played. So they played the same fullbacks, but they tried to rotate the center backs. Erickson played again. I don't know why he's playing this game, but, you know, I guess uh, I thought he came in and didn't Bruno come in for him as a sub? Correct me if I'm wrong. Later, yeah. I think that Man United looks at 
their Europa League group as yeah, glorified they have friendlies. To work on. Yeah, they got to work on stuff. Sure, right, exactly. Like, all right, you know, let's let's try Fred out of position. Let's try, you know, let's bring Ronaldo back in. And they've they're playing Sheriff and Ammonia after this for the next three Ammonia. games. There, so, yes, as in they're going to have chloroform. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I mean, they should be fine. I mean, Sociedad's yeah. a name brand team. That's a real team. Sure, good players. But they're so. both going to come out of the group. They don't give a shit, right? Yeah, They'll I mean, I, you would expect it, of course. Yeah. But even if they play. didn't, it would be embarrassing and blah blah blah. They wouldn't care. Like this is not something that they they have. Their well, it is set it, on. it is a path that you want to keep on the schedule for, for a Champions League for a chance, right? right? Okay. And so and for, and to both be, Arsenal be and both Arsenal and United are going to want to keep their arm on the rope and let it move. Well, you know, they, yes. you don't want to let it go and be like, oh, you know what I mean? Yes, you wanna... but that's that's not really until February that that matters. And the last right, game right, but it's, is yeah. November 3rd, right? So yeah. there's a whole lot of racetrack between now and then. Sure, but sure, I sure, think sure. the um, the interesting thing is as we pivot to what would have been the preview of El Dushiko 1 this year, which um, this will be the second time because I reminded you last week uh, – Tottenham won both last year, and I don't think we talk about that nearly enough. Um, nearly well, enough. Well, you guys won that. That can be your that can be your trophy. We that won is our fucking trophy. Okay. <laughs> and you that will put you that take, next to the Audi did Cup. Take, when we did you take players. four off Liverpool as well, or two? Uh, I believe we took two off of Liverpool. I think we lost at home, but neither here nor there. No, we drew them at home. Yeah, yeah we drew. Two, we took, took four off points. of them. Yeah, how about that, motherfuckers? But so. <laughs> Okay, the games – and we are under the pretenses and the assumptions that the games this weekend are unfortunately not going to be played because uh, – Yeah, Queen, let me, the, let me, let me just rattle out. off the schedule because it's a good one. Yeah, okay. Fulham-Chelsea, I would have been like Fulham's going to win this game before Tuchel got fired. Now I'm really sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Liverpool at home versus Wolves, you'd expect they'd get that one cleaned up. Then Bournemouth-Brighton now takes on a new look. Who's going to coach Brighton? Apparently it's Adam Lallana, which is hilarious. That's and then Southampton. Southampton, Brentford, Brentford away. I don't feel good about Southampton at home. Interesting stuff going. That's a fun game. That's like a hipster, the hipster special. Then Leicester City, Aston Villa. You would have been a loser goes home had Aston Villa not got that draw. But now it's it's loser goes home for 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 Rogers, who now has his teams, his spaces. Can he go somewhere? Does he want the Brighton job? I don't know. <laughs> then our late game that would have happened was City versus Spurs. City at home where we're usually pretty good. Uh, that feels like a nil-nil, but maybe uh, your team could be favored, especially in these types of games where you're underdogs and can play defense the whole time. The Sunday games, West Ham versus Newcastle, a fun game in London. I trust West Ham a little bit more, but, you know, fun game. And then Arsenal-Everton, Everton away. Arsenal should bank that one. And then a game, the last game on Sunday was Crystal Palace-Man United a game that would be tough, especially at Selhurst, a night yeah. game yep. coming off a Thursday, really tough. And then the, the Monday night game was going to really be a barn burner that we still may get. You never know. Uh, Leeds, Nottingham Forest at Ellen Road with a real classic old school 70s out for blood, famously Clough uh, taking the Leeds job for three weeks, then getting fired, <laughs> which leads him um... to Nottingham Forest and then the European Championships. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm bummed that uh, that these games aren't going to happen because I think we're we the, in match the, day seven the momentum yeah everything well moving. that but in match day seven you have um, Liverpool on the ropes you have Brighton in all kinds of disarray like that's a game that Bournemouth could pick up now um, and and I'm a, I'm again I'm under the assumption that these games are not going to be happening Leicester City Aston Villa you said is is kind of a the sword is hanging for one of these guys when these games get played these 
fixtures are going to look completely different. And that's the kind of annoying part to me. I like what we have right now. And and that brings me to the next point. Like, when are these games going to be played? Well, there's no time to play these you games. You certainly can't fit them in before the World Cup. So you go to basically Boxing Day. And, and the more I thought about it, I sat back and went, okay, on January 1st, the league returns to normal. All, for all things considered, right? Why? Why not? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's madness. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, well, for sure. But between now and January first, it's a fucking shit show. You can't get it. You can't even get a breath in. But after that, you're going to end up finding that this is this Man City Spurs game is going to be a Wednesday afternoon or evening. Yeah, in at, like at, April. <laughs> in, yeah, in like February, April. Exactly. It could be, right. a, it could be because, a league decider. Because, you don't know how Spurs yeah, is well, be. yeah. Because let's be clear, <laughs> right? You know. We fully expect City to get through in the Champions League group oh, stage. Oh yeah, they'll right? be they'll be, be in silly. all fronts. Yeah, Spurs have the the the, the laughing stock of the groups, and they just beat Marseille, who's probably for my money the best team in the group other than them. So so they've got three big points in the back, so they're going to get through. So you're talking about the round of sixteen games in early early February, I believe. I don't have the dates in front of me, but um, you know, depending on where that goes, if City get to the last eight. City and Tottenham need to both have a week off, which is going to be kind of rare as the FA Cup goes through, as the Carabao Cup goes through. So you're right. If, it could if be you're, if you're if you're Conte and you're City and you know these games are coming, you fucking mail in those goddamn League Cup games. Oh, mail God, in the FA Cup. You got to go. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. not for Spurs, but for City. But we're on all fronts. It's just it's weird so, okay. the mentality of and what you want to do. Thing. We might play. On February fourth at Spurs Stadium, before we play in, in Manchester. In fact, I would bet that we—that's the case. I think it's and, a stupid idea to fucking cancel games for a ninety-six-year-old lady who everybody loves. I get it; they're English. I understand it, but do you get a day off from work too? Like, I think I'm sure so. they're not getting it. No, they're not. Uh, dude, they're just canceling games. I, I liken it very much. And Bullshit. by the way, it's. It's so literally unprecedented, and I don't want to go too literally much unprecedented. It is literally unprecedented. We don't know anything. 70, We're... 72 fucking years. But no, no, we don't know a goddamn thing. But it's been 72 <laughs> years since the last time this happened. So Yeah, and they played in 1952 when her father died. Well, whatever, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> but that's, that's genuinely jarring just to think about it in those terms. And the only other parallel I could make is actually – Pope John Paul II dying in 2006. Nice. Uh, and that one was close to it's close to me because I was in Italy. Funny story, I was actually the last papal audience for Pope John Paul II. So you could argue oh, I when killed he the Pope. was like this and bent. Yes, that's correct. I killed the Pope. So <laughs> point is, is that when fucking uh, I did, I did, I killed the Pope. Um, when that was all happening, and they, so did Liz Truss. Know, she killed the Queen. She was she right. got sworn in as former minister. Listen, and then when that happens, her. <laughs> the entire country shuts down. It was a school trip. I was in high school. There was a bunch of like we were, uh, I don't know, seventy five people on this trip. Yeah, but it's not going to be able to get home. I, but what? Listen to me. What I'm saying is the whole fucking country shuts down, and that's the Pope dies every twenty years. Right? <laughs> more than that, so, sure. or, or more frequent than that. I get it. I get it. I get it. Seventy two plus years. I understand. They're going to take a long weekend on it. They are. They are. And you know what? I don't like it because I love having my games in the morning. You don't like it for the same reasons and, and more probably. I understand. It doesn't it. She's, an, she's an embodiment of the country. She's an most people who are, Yeah. Most people have ne- – she's been the only queen they've had. You have like exactly. weird, weird tweets from Mick Jagger who's like, I remember seeing her get married when I was a kid. I'm like, he's 147 years old. <laughs> Mick Jagger was a kid when he saw her get married. Yeah, no, that's know? exactly it, right? Like, like, <laughs> in fact, every single person – 
at the club, coaching, uh, running yeah. the league, has only known this woman. as. The, know, and by I the know, way, it's a figurehead. It doesn't matter. Like, by the way, the yeah. whole Boris Johnson thing was functionally 500 times more important, important. to the yeah, country's yeah. day-to-day operations. No, but I, I, but I, have, I, have, I, have a, I have an interesting one for you, okay? So King Charles III, Prince Charles, now the king, yep. Yep. he does not carry a good name pedigree. King oh. Charles I, executed during mm-hmm. the Glorious Revolution. <laughs> mm-hmm. King Charles II, his son who came out of exile during the Restoration and was uh, king on name only because Cromwell ran the country, had was known as the Merry King who had 12 illegitimate children, but no <laughs> heir. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, Prince Charles, you're in good company. <laughs> we are divulging into... Uh... <laughs> The, Real legend, the, but of course, Prince Charles famously saying that he wanted to be uh, Camilla Bowles, uh, his wife and consort. Uh, he wanted to be her tampon and put it in his tea, because that's the kind of dirty talk they had. <laughs> We're getting into Neil Mope territory. You got anything else for us? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's Let's it. That's just I just want here, I want to say, God save the king. Uh, long uh, the queen is dead. God save the king. Uh, will you play the fucking games, you numbnut? Toothless, goddamn English people. I need it. <laughs> Let's go home. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortez. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. I'm not sure which days we record, but usually Tuesdays and Fridays, sometimes Mondays and Thursdays. I don't know what we're doing. So Every be day. sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode and you never miss your period blood tea. Uh, and please leave a something on Apple so that we need to rate you, you moron. <laughs> God damn it. I was trying I to add them. That. It didn't work. You know what? The English might have shitty teeth, but they're fucking more functional than you are. Get the fuck out of here. Let's go. <laughs>